0: Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you please allow us to receive your word today. Let it resonate in our hearts. Let us be able to apply what we need to let us be able to influence others from the information that you give us through your word, God. Let us be able to receive your word where we can understand it, interpret it, have revelation of it, and then be able to give the information to other people. So God, we just ask that you continue to keep our hearts softened. God remove all of the things in our life that could cloud our minds or distract us from fulfilling your plan, will and purpose and allow us to stay steadfast on the things that you have in front of us. Through your righteousness, God, allow us to submit our will to you. No matter what is happening, God, just show us your glory in every situation. Allow us to keep our hope in you and our trust in you, Lord God. Most importantly, we ask that you please allow your will to be done in us. And I thank you so much for giving me your Holy Spirit. I ask that you allow me to minister grace to the those that are listening. And also, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for filling me up. I ask that I can um, not forget anything that I needed to talk about today. Specifically, allow me to be able to minister to those that, um, which is edifying for them pertaining to their situation and allow them to be able to overcome through the words that you give me today to give to them. And so, God, I thank you so much that you've given me the ability to spread your word, and also be able to minister to to those that really need it, Um, specifically those that are hopeless and with despair. God, we pray that you give them hope again. Uh, Allow them to keep hope alive no matter what the situation is, Lord. And so we thank you right now in advance for allowing your perfect plan, will, and purpose to be fulfilled in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. Hey, hey, everybody! Thank you all so much for joining me today. I do apologize for the long delay. Um, I had to start a little late today because I was sitting here working with the stream labs and trying to, you know, get all of the different uh, multiple streams onto this one particular site. But it wasn't working. I don't know. I'm having a lot of problems with, you know, just. Get having the ability to post videos. I can't post a video on TikTok, I can't post a video on LinkedIn, I can't post it on Twitter. And I have all of my stream URLs, including each and every one, for me to be able to log in. So I'm not really sure what the problem is. It keeps saying I have an internet connection or an internet issue. I do not have any internet connection issues. Um, so we'll see about this so hopefully i'll be able to get it resolved if not this week next week and then i'll be able to stream on multiple platforms at one time so this is great and good news to be able to spread the word of god um simultaneously across different platforms so um please also join the fan page okay um i did just create the fan page for everybody in addition to the new telegram that I have um, that you all can access at any time, 24 hours a day. Just send a message in there if you need a prayer request or something like that. um, Just put your comments and everything in the Telegram. All right, now, moving forward. So today, I wanted to talk about women's health, but I want to talk about how we can push the negativity out okay so it's so many times where we all have been through some um unforeseen situations and circumstances that sort of prevent us from moving forward because we we can sometimes get stuck on the problem and not see the solution right everyone has been there you know it, it doesn't matter what the situation may be it's like the problem is there and that is something that we need to be able to dismantle we need to combat problems in a way where we're effective children of God. So I wanted to go um, to a, a few scriptures today. I wanted to go to uh, Hebrews chapter three and thirteen. Hebrews three and thirteen. Okay. I also would like to look at. Um, also would like to look at John fourteen and six. So we're gonna go to John fourteen and six, and also. I like to look at 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Okay. All right. So let's just, let's go to those for right now. Okay, here we go. So Hebrews Hebrews 3 and 13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened. By sin's deceitfulness. So I always say, this is what I, I always tell people. It's like when whenever you're going through something in life, you don't know that you're being deceived many times until you realize that you were deceived. You know, for instance, everybody has had a telemarketer. Most people have had telemarketers call them and it, it could possibly be a scam. They're asking for your information. They want to know this. Um, Everyone is always calling about the extended warranty. Renew this extended warranty on your vehicle. They don't know if you have a vehicle or not, right? And I'm not saying or suggesting that every um telemarketer is a scammer. What I am is saying is that many times we can be deceived and not even be aware that deception is taking place and so what's really important is to analyze you know um many of these deceptive practices so in order to identify whether or not you are being deceived or not you have to make sure that you're staying diligent right you you do not know that you're deceived unless somebody reveals the truth to you or there's an abrupt um, truth that you've identified, right? And so when we're looking at Hebrews chapter 3.13, it says that, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So sin will always have deceit attached to it, right? Because in the Garden of Eden, we see that, you know, um Eve, she just kept saying, well, God did say that we shouldn't eat from the the tree of the garden of Eden, of the of the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil. And then the, the serpent says, well, did God really say that? You know, so like it's a deceptive practice, deception, right? And then we also see deception with um So many different things that's going on in society today, right? For instance, you see all of these laws that are being passed. Every year, there are like hundreds of different bills that are passed in legislation, right? And all of these bills are significantly impacting the lives of millions and millions of people. But guess what? Those laws, are they really all contributing to the success of every single person in this country? Probably not, why? Well, for many reasons, you have so many people that are not really um, represented. And so they feel unrepresented. And so what I mean by unrepresented and represented is like, okay, well, if you are a Democrat, and you are just say you're 50 years old, you will want someone representing you in Congress that is somewhere uh, remotely similar to your age range, right? Because your ideas are gonna come from the, you know, ideas of the people that are within your age range. Because you, this is how you grew up and this is what you know. So that is, basically, you know, your representation, how you're being represented in Congress. So right now there's an unequal distribution of representation in Congress. How? Well, you have most of uh, the Congress members are really comprised of the baby boomers that are over the age of 65. And you also have the silent period individuals they're over the age of like 72 i believe or 75 75 years and older so these people are really dominating congress so when you think of representation there are many people that are not being represented so what is the issue here the issue here is that yes there are hundreds of bills that are passed yearly right and they're not congruent to each and every person in the united states they are not bidding benefiting every single person so could many of those bills be you know deceptive uh well does do they all say that they're going to help all people you know so we have to look at what hebrews chapter 3 and 13 is saying it's saying that encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sins deceitfulness so sin is happening every single day it can happen inadvertently where you're unaware um it's similar to like you have conscious sins and you have unconscious sins your conscious sins is when you are aware of the things that you're doing, right? That are displeasing to God. And your unconscious sin is when you're unaware of these things. So now what you've done is you crossed maybe a boundary of someone. For instance, you could be a transgender individual or a LGBTQ individual. And so you have other individuals that you know share a restroom that are not of that status or are not supportive of those identities so how do we say okay we're going to respect others how do you respect others well if you're going to remain your authentic self meaning you're going to remain a transgender lgbtq community individual right how do you plan on respecting the boundaries of other people so does it mean that you're? directly intentionally trying to hurt someone else or cross their boundaries right um so some people are they are directly consciously trying to cross the boundaries of others while others are not they're not trying to you know um have these conscious sins where they're crossing boundaries So you have a conscious sin where you're directly impacting someone and you're aware of it, and then you can be doing something indirectly where you're unaware. Um, but how do we identify these types of things? For instance, the same with the transgender and LGBTQ community, if you're going to remain your authentic self, how do you respect the boundaries of other people? How do you do that? Well, First off, you have to, you you wouldn't know that you were crossing boundaries, right? You wouldn't know that you were if a person didn't make you aware of these boundaries being crossed. So it first starts with our conscious. Our conscious actually is the navigation for our reactions and many of our behaviors. So faith is our primary source of our perception, right? And our conscious is our co-perception. Our co-perception is influenced by our level of perception, the way that we perceive things and how we're engaging and interacting with other people. So the, the main focus here is to understand how can your perception deceive you? how are you being deceived by your perception okay so there i wanted to talk about um there are some um steps to stay positive in a negative world so there is a um, medical doctor he's a cardiologist his name is dr joe Kahn he has written um this sort of kind of like an article blog about personal growth okay and it's through the mindfulness blog and um mindbodyandgreen.com and so the title is 12 steps to stay positive in a negative world okay and so what this is the first thing first things first Control the amount of negative news in your life, okay? How do you do that? Well, let's go, let's look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse six. Let's go there first. It says, I am the way. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Okay. So, what this means is that we will we will always have Jesus Christ as long as we're pursuing him. As long as we accept him. As long as you authorize God in your life. If you're not giving God authorization in your life, that means you're allowing other things to influence your life. That means that things like negativity You know, like um, deceitfulness, right? Slander. Um, People can be motivated by uh, gossiping, right? They are motivated by slothing and, um, you know, just like laziness. People are motivated for so many different reasons in life. They could be motivated because they are jealous of you, right? Because you're doing something that they're not able to do in their lives. It could be many different reasons why people are motivated for all of the wrong negative reasons. But when we authorize God in our life, we give him the authority to be the head in our life. So in order to come to the Father, God listens to our our requests and supplications because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ who supports us through his grace and righteousness so the only reason why we are able to get to the father is through jesus christ so if we're authorizing negative things to dominate the our lives guess what's going to happen negative things are going to dominate your life if i allow negative uh people who are just very rude and disrespectful and people that are um they use elevated tones and and they're just like hostile. I can't allow those individuals to contaminate my thinking or contaminate my mind or contaminate my reactions to them. I can't allow others to contaminate me in a way where your thinking is going to influence me to start thinking that way. I don't want nothing that has to do with depression i don't want to have nothing that has to do with hostility i don't want to have nothing to do with not moving forward in life i don't want to have anything to do with it so if you're focusing on things that allow you to stay stagnant people stay stagnant because they're focused on the wrong stuff quit focusing on the wrong thing you'll get there someday but you have to focus on your focus. When you can't focus on moving forward, you have to focus on the focus. What is you focusing on? That should be your primary goal, focusing on your focus. What is the main things that are coming out of your mouth? How is God influencing you? are you really being inspired by this negativity and and nobody wants to say inspired by negativity but in actuality that's what many are because as soon as you talk to them about a problem they they say oh what's well how's your day oh you know a bunch of problems today i don't know where to start you know it's like well wait 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 see now you you just get motivated so you can explain all this negative stuff. Why are you getting expired and encouraged to talk about negativity? When I have to talk about negative things, when I feel negative, uh, uh just energy coming from people, I do not want to be bothered with them. I do not. But in the world that we live in today, I still have to work with many individuals that are very, very, very negative. They are very hostile. Okay, so what's really important to understand with this scripture, John 14 and six, is that when we authorize God in our life, We're authorizing him to keep the negativity away, to keep the slander out of our mouths and out of our conversations with people. We're authorizing God to keep these gossips and these certain tendencies of hating, unforgiving type of behavior and reactions. We're authorizing God to keep it out of our life. So that's that's what that is saying that's what this scripture is saying so going back to control the amount of negative negative news in your life you can control the amount of negative news because guess what you have the ability to know who you want to communicate with you know who you like talking to you know what type of television programs you like and what type of radio stations and internet searches you like performing or engaging in You know, like, so when you think about all of these things, you have to really think about, okay, so what is really influencing you? Well, what type of programs are you watching? Do you like drama TV? See, that's when you focus on your focus and say, okay, drama TV. Why do I like drama TV? Do you like drama in your own life? Because if you like drama TV, I would probably say... You know that's the thin line with, with the things that you like and the things that you do so if you like drama tv that means you like what what is what what type of things could you associate with drama television oh it's just tv no it isn't just tv it's something that you like and so when we pay attention to the things that we like and the things that we engage in, then God will show you exactly the things that you need to change in your life. So I've never been into drama TV. I don't like. I really never, ever really like watching television at all. But if I do watch something, I do like watching Animal Planet in a different, you know, um, type of uh nature videos and stuff like that so but the the main point is to understand how you can have self-reflexivity in order for you to have self-reflexivity you have to be analyzing yourself from your own internal lens if we're never looking at our behaviors and our reaction the things that we are doing in this lifetime how will we ever change so people are inefficient because they lack the ability to have self-reflexivity and have God in their life. So when you have God in your life, God is going to help you have self-reflexivity. You're gonna have self-reflection. You're gonna have like, look, you know what? Guess what? There are a lot of different things that I need to learn. And guess what? I have set up here and I made a plan. And, And so with the power of God, God, I want you to be able to help me be able to, you know, show more empathy to people. I want to be able to identify other people and their triggers and know what I can pray for and how I can help them. God, I don't want to uh, interrupt some people when I don't want to listen to them. I want to be able to actively listen and have intentional listening, Lord. I want to value every person's level of important things that when they're speaking to me, I want to be able to listen and actively listen. So like, these are all self-reflections. And so what is your self-reflection? See, I've identified some of mine. I need to provide more empathy. Sometimes I just be like, look, quit making excuses. I don't want to hear it. Don't come calling me with that. What you you want to stress me out too i wasn't stressed out before you called me <laughs> so i'm just saying so like uh there are things that i'm working on as um as a human but the only way that i move forward in this process is by acknowledgement it's about acknowledgement and saying okay this these are areas where i know that i need improvement god And so now I have put it into a plan. I have, now I've I've set up my goals because my birthday is coming up. So my new year is on my birthday. So my dad was born on New Year's. And so like every New Year's, my dad would be like, look, this is my birthday. My birthday is on my new year. Your birthday is your new year. So my, my dad really got me into the habit of celebrating my new year's on my birthday because that's when i was born and that's the day that i should be celebrating my new year is on my birthday um so because maybe maybe he just wanted to do that because he wanted to celebrate his birthday on his own but we still celebrated his birthday but most of the time that's his new year so like my new year is coming up but the point is is this i'm making these goals right? My new year's goals, because it's like, I need to have my self-reflexivity. So having smart goals allows you the ability to be able to self-examine yourself. It starts with self. Nothing externally can influence you if it wasn't already internally in you. So this is why God says, it's what's in your heart spoken out of your mouth that the file you so it is what you eat that the you. It's what's in you so all of these external factors they are not really doing anything they can but many of the things that influence you externally are already internally in you so if you are you love watching drama television well i i i guess what i can say from there is this if you like drama tv you probably like drama in real life so if you like drama reality tv you probably like drama reality in real life so i'm just saying like many other things that people like and then they enjoy it could lead to some there are internal things that are sinister about some people and it just doesn't start with the things that they watch these things are already internally manifesting see some people lack remorse because you know they haven't experienced remorse so for me i come from a very like brutally honest household and i i mean i've been around so many brutally honest people where sometimes uh empathy isn't always generalized it isn't always promoted okay so we have to think about many of these things that are negative in our life so how are you spending your time how are, what are some of the things you like? Pay attention. You, this isn't for everybody. Everybody doesn't need to know exactly like, you know, what is internal about you. That that can be between you and God until you start transitioning and fading out of, of many things that are not pleasing to God. So I know that when we, we, people never like to hear things. That is not pleasing to them. Nobody want to hear, oh, you are trying to correct me. I don't like when people correct me either, but I do like it. Because it allows me to grow in areas and allows me to look at certain things that I need to be paying attention to in myself, internally. Even if that person is wrong, it doesn't matter. Because guess what? No matter, even when people are wrong in our life, let me explain this we are at least partially responsible for our behavior in response to them they're wrong okay what was your response what was your reaction because you should be partially responsible for that we have to remember to take accountability and ownership in life so in order to get negativity out of your life, you need to control the amount of negative news in your life. So for instance, some people, they favorite station is the news. You seen the news today? What well, I was talking on the news, you see the news? The news, I this one, one of my friends, I promise, that's all he is to do is just talk about news, news, news. I mean, I still talk to him, I just haven't talked to him in a while. But it's just like, okay, well, uh, how much of the news do I have to hear you? He, he was the walking news. Walking news. The news. The news. They had this on the news. You know they had this on the news today. Yeah, the news. The news. Yeah. I just be like, okay, all right now. It's the news. You the walking news. You the walking news station he the walking news station he gonna know every news carry every news anchor it is in the entire city what time they come on They he probably know they work schedule and everything else know what time they signing in and everything i'm just playing i'm just playing <laughs> but no 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 so like when we think about the negative news you have to pay attention to what are are the things you are allowing to just overcome you in your life and and so it isn't my place to judge nobody so don't perceive what i'm saying as a judgment because i don't judge that's a that's god is the judge i just told you the things i need to work on in my life with my self-reflection i need to have more empathy i need to have intentional listening i need to have a little bit more patience i need to not interrupt people when i don't want to hear what they saying you know, I need to, you know, just value other people in a level of important things. More often, I need to pay attention to the keyword indicators of some things that's bothering some people in a life, you know, so all of these things is very important. That's why I'm saying that these are all things that I need to work on. Showing more empathy, not interrupting while some people are talking when I don't want to listen valuing their level of important things even when i don't agree with it you know just being intentional and having this reflection reflective type of listening so we have to let go of the negative news in our life and what we should be doing is trying to um just be inspired by god okay so if you're not acknowledging the things and areas of your life where you need improvement then you're not pushing forward and so in order to have negativity um out of your life you need to make sure that you need to make you need to make sure that you're allowing yourself to have self-reflexivity so it's all about you nothing external can influence you because if it is it means it's already internally you have some internal things that's going on And in order for us to overcome anything in life we have to be able to first acknowledge that the things that we need to change within ourselves. So for instance, when it comes to happiness, happiness should not happiness is not an external factor. Happiness is something that's internally already within you. So if I'm in this, if I'm in this uh, relationship marriage and this person has the ability to, you know, maneuver what level of happiness I'm on, then that means that I'm not you know satisfied with life within itself you we should automatically have internal happiness right it shouldn't be based off of the fluctuation of someone else's words or their personality or their characters people shouldn't be able to maneuver you in a way to get you to people (laughs) people should not be able to maneuver you in a way to um cause you to react and respond differently to your level of happiness. So you should you should have happiness. So somebody asked, um, but you make me happy. So how is that? I'm glad I do make you happy. That's good. Okay. So um the next thing is control the number of negative people in your life. So there are so many people in this world where Some people, they would just always have a problem for every solution that you provide. It doesn't matter what it is. Like You could be like, look, well, so what's the next step? What you going to do now? And all they could do is focus on the problem. You know, you could be like, well, you know. You could go and apply for a house somewhere else i know that they they got a few houses coming up where they building these condos you want to apply there no they always have a problem for every single solution and those are the type of people that you need to stay around stay away from okay they are not uplifting they usually they are close relatives and friends but they will bring you down So why would you wanna be brought down? Don't be brought down. Like I normally say to people when I'm having a like combative conversation, I say, you know, I'm not gonna allow you to bring me down to that conversation, bring me down to that level, you win. Go ahead, you got it. I can't, I can't, I don't understand your your level. I don't understand this. So I I can't be brought to that level. So you, you won okay it's no sense of a point of arguing with uh some people when they have already made it up in their minds that they want to be negative and that's all that they're gonna be (laughs) so the next thing is just stay away, watch your circle pay attention to the people that is around you that are being negative and stuff because see, God wants you to be alert. That's why we, when we look at Hebrews 3 and 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Because sin's deceitfulness is going to lead you into making decisions that's unwise. Unwise decisions. So God wants us to make sure that You know, we are having a self-reflection in a way where can you identify how you're contributing to your own demise? That's the main thing. How do you identify your contribution to your demise, the things that you're causing to happen in your life? See for me, I decided a long time ago that I'm not going to deal with unnecessary problems that is caused by unhealthy people and what i mean by unhealthy people is people that are negative it's like the mental anguish that comes from negative people is really disheartening not just to themselves but to those around them too and there's nothing that anyone can do about it besides pray to god so in order to understand You know, like how to over in order to be able to in order to be able to overcome these things, we have to be putting ourselves in a position where we're aware of how we're contributing to the problem. It isn't about blaming somebody else. Oh, this person did this and that person did that, or this, you know, like you have to have this self reflection this self reflection to the point where you're analyzing your contribution to what the problem is how did you contribute to this how is it everybody else's fault and not yours how so those are some things that you need to look at um also understanding that um okay so i wanted to go to john let's go to john chapter 11 verse 1 and 2 john 11 verse 1 and 2 okay it says now it it says now a man named lazarus was sick he was from bethany the village of mary and her sister martha this mary whose brother lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the lord and wiped his feet with her hair okay so what we see here is that well (laughs) what we see okay all right so what we see here is that the death of Lazarus was influenced by Mary and his sister Martha so your circle of friends matters who you have in your life your family members matter who you have in your life because see Lazarus was was raised from the dead so how was he raised from the dead Jesus raised him from the dead. And so it was Mary is the woman who was in the house with the religious Pharisees and Judas Iscariot when she poured the whole perfume on Jesus' feet and was rubbing his feet and kissing his feet with her hair. And so we see that, that Lazarus was raised from the dead. So it matters about who you have in your circle. For instance, if you we go to Mark, Chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 let's go to mark Chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 it says since they could not get him to jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above jesus by digging through it and then lord the mat the man was lying on when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven okay and so we see here that jesus is now healing again from another person's faith so the faith of the paralyzed man friends allow him them to, to allow him to get healed we also see in luke chapter 7 verse 1 and 10 where there's a servant i'm, I'm sorry there's a, a soldier where the soldier is telling um he's saying look let, well let's read it luke chapter 7 verse 1 and 10. After he had finished all his sayings and the hearings of the people, he answered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. So he really valued his servants. Now, when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly saying, he is worthy to have you do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. Now, remember, a synagogue is just a church or assembly, like a gathering of people, okay? Um, And so in verse 6, it says, And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house they found the servant well so you see this man wanted to really really work hard for his servants and he had faith because he was a soldier he said look i could tell my soldiers go and do this and they're gonna do it so all you have to say is just get a word and my serving gonna be healed basically that's what he's saying and so our circle of friends matters it matters who you have around it matters who you choose to have in your company every day see i don't allow everybody to have access to me anymore period it's like no uh uh-uh you don't i'm not gonna give you my quality time i don't want to be contaminated by your negativity i don't need that type of uh depression in my life i don't want depression I don't want stress i don't want anxiety i don't have those things so please do not call me trying to put depression into my life because i'm not depressed i'm not stressed right and if i do have a problem i'm going to go to god about it so if you want to pray about it or if you want to go to god about this let's go ahead and do it but see where i'm coming from i come from a place where people are not they're not uh, polarizing prayer as something that's being an opportunity. Prayer is not an opportunity for many people. It's the problem that's the, the, the opportunity. Because they see how they could become the uh person on top of this problem. I'm going to show you this and I'm going to show you that. Since you don't know, I'm going to teach you this. Right? And so we have to control the amount of, of negative news in our life by making sure that we're not surrounding ourselves with people that are. Now, there are times when people, you, you of course, you're going to love everybody, specifically your relatives, your friends and all of that. But this is why God said in the word that he did not come to bring peace on the earth. He came to bring a sword. And the reason why he did that is because, see, many times we may be loving people that are really out here just flat out evil. You might love a person and they just might be the devil. You might love a person and this person could be just like a real murderer. You might love a person and that person might just be the worstest thief that you could ever meet. But guess what? We don't know what's in the hearts of people. So until you, uh, 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 our main goal and main focus is for us to pray for people and if you see a person that they just won't stop they won't stop they won't transform they have no plan in their life at all whatsoever no plan in their action no plan in their words no plan in their move no plan in their daily life even in the moment people can change their minds in the moment some people don't and some people do so if you're not seeing that type of change then guess what god wants us to reflect differently that's why he says that we should he says that we should test and try the spirit so like let's go here test and try the spirit test and try the spirit of people and and let me explain this briefly so we're gonna go to first john chapter four verse one through five it says beloved believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Okay. So what, what does that mean? It means exactly what it says. And so I like really studying the Bible from a hermeneutics perspective, meaning I look at it from exegesis. So exegesis is the study of the word of God, exactly the way it is written. Not trying to formulate an opinion or trying to look at it from eisegesis. That means you just look at your opinion, and then now instead of us reading the Bible for what it says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, they are of God. Some people may say, "Okay, well, where spirits are everywhere, you know, what about in the cave? What about on the mountains?" That you formulating too far into it. Just understand what the Word of God is saying, and so we understand the Word of God through hermeneutics and exegesis. And so that's looking at it exactly the way that it's written. And so the main thing here is that God wants us to test and try the spirits of people. We we need to know if they are from God. God didn't say, hey, look, judge every single person you meet. See, when I mess up, for instance, I have been talking about fornication and how sex was something that was a real temptation in my life. And even though it was like previously, it's always been at the bottom list of priorities. It never was at the top of my to-do list. But now that I've transformed my life and God has redirected my pace and my rhythm and pace is different, God is showing me all the different things that I need to really, really work on eliminating out of my mind. See, we have to look at the fact that we all fall short of the glory of God. Like you mess up, I mess up. And like when I mess up, I can't be like, when you mess up, your mess up is like at a third level, third degree level. My mess up, I'm at the first degree level. Like, no, 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 no. When you hell is not gonna be determined, you I believe it is levels in hell specifically for the religious Pharisees, but that would be on a different podcast. I don't want to get in the depthness of that. But what i'm saying is right is right and wrong is wrong it doesn't really matter about who's right it's about what's right in every situation and so what that means is we need to look at other people and say guess what i was there i wasn't there in in stealing because i'm not a thief right but i was there stealing and i was feeling down and feeling weak due to sexual ideologies or or sex on my man. See, your level of sin is different from my level of sin right because my my mind was like on the sexual activity that i should not have been focusing on and yours could have been on you know like theft or white collar crimes knows i don't know whatever your yours are it's no different than the next person seeing. because see when we mess up we all mess up that's what the let's let's go to this scripture i want to go to um i kind of want to shift focus for a bit and go to here um when one fails we all fall okay so, um, we're looking at, I think this is in, should be in Matt, I think it's in Matthew. Should be in Matthew. Hold on one second. and pull this up. See, sometimes God be having me, um, talk in a way where it's impromptu. I'm not like going by any script or anything. So this should be First Corinthians 12. I thought it was the other one now, but let me see. I'm gonna pull up the NIV version. Okay. Alright, here we go. So the okay, so I'm in um 1 Corinthians chapter 12, all right, and verse 15. Alright, it says now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason, stop being part of the body, right? So you have some people who say, okay, well, you know, your life don't have nothing to do with man. That. And that's the way I, I be kind of feeling like I was just saying, I don't want the depression and I don't want the stress. And so this is why I have transitioned and put my um, smart goal to show more empathy because I have friends who really do depend on me and they they start calling me and they call about certain things and it's like, ah, I don't, I don't wanna be bothered with that depression. So like what God told me before was this. Um, I, Let me give you an example. So for instance, one time when I was married, my grandmother, she always would pray about every single thing in every single situation. And so one time, We got my tire the tire got uh blown on the expressway, but I had told my husband at the time, I was like, you know, I think we should get the tires changed instead of going all the way home because our house is like three hours away, and so we need to make sure the tires is right. And I was kind of frustrated with him because he just wasn't listening to me. So I just didn't say anything or I didn't push over or anything like that. So we just we go and we get stranded on the expressway and so now i was disappointed because i'm like okay i said that we should have gotten a tire before we even drove all this way and so i had to call my grandma and like grandma you know he is like he doesn't listen to me and so she just started immediately praying for me but she was yelling at me like you need to just calm down because i was disappointed i'm like he doesn't listen to me at all and it's like we constantly like was going through so many different things because he was not listening to me and like even if i just say one thing it's like can you hear anything that i say and so my grandmother she had to yell at me she was yelling she like look you need to calm down let me pray for you right now and so she said, you know god told me to tell you that i'm the only one that could yell at you like this and you still listen so the point of the matter is is that like a lot of my friends they go through a lot of stuff but just like what my grandma did with me i am the only person that she was the only person that could really yell at me and i will just listen to everything she say i didn't care how loud she would get that's the same way i am with many of my friends like they may be going through a lot of different trials and tribulations, adversities that they're trying to overcome. And then I'm like, oh, please stop calling me with this. But it's like they really be liking to hear the positive things and, and the prayer for them, you know, and I am aggressive. Like, look, you need to wake up and stop making these choices. Look at what your decisions doing in your life, you know? And so I'm the only one who God uses to put in a life you know, to help inspire them in that way. And so the reason why I'm saying all of this is because many times, even though we don't want to be bothered, God still wants us to put up with people who are willing to change. People that are willing to make a difference in their life. People that are willing to do something positive from the negative. You know, people that are willing to get over all of these negative perspectives and do better, right? So they're coming out of these sort of uh you know having these bad ideologies and going into transformation mode those are the people who God wants us to work with you know and so when we look at this scripture although I'd be like look I don't want that depression leave me out of that I ain't got none. I don't want to keep hearing this you know I still listen I still stay on the phone I still pray for my friends I still be there for them so In this verse in Matthew chapter 12, verses 15. Uh, verses 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. So just because you don't want to be a part of it, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. verse 17 it says if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be but if in fact god has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be if they were all one part where would the body be as it is there are many parts but one body and so what that means is that it doesn't matter where we geographically located. You have people in China, Taiwan, uh, Thailand, Japan, Africa, the CAR, Senegal. You got all you know the America, the United Kingdom, different places. We are all geographically scattered throughout the entire world, but we are a part of the body of Christ. And so, what I'm starting to see is um the apostasy. The apostasy is basically the great falling away. And we see this in 1 Thessalonians where it talks about the, there will be a great falling away. So although there is a great falling away, there are a lot of people that's coming to the body of Christ, okay? So God is inspiring people that were non-believers, right? So for instance, like my my ex-husband, well, no. well, he was an atheist. I don't know. I think he's going to church now. My son told me that he went to church a few months ago. So when you think, when I think about this, I say, okay, you know, there is a great falling away, but there is a great, a great amount of people that are joining the body of Christ. Okay. So let's look at verse 21. It says "The I cannot say to the hand that I don't need you. In the head cannot say to the feet that I don't need you. So on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are really indispensable. In verse 23, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. So guess what? So a lot of people may be considering themselves to be highly, extremely elevated, unlike this extreme level of importance, where really in fact they're not, right? those are the parts that are indispensable i mean those are the parts that that should be really uh and considered modest where we're not placing that much emphasis or attenuating to it in that way so the main thing here is to understand that yes we are all a part of the body of christ and we are all trying to accomplish the the goal of making it to eternal life but not everyone in the world is okay you have to understand that everybody is not god's children because guess what through free will free will have separated us free will have separated people from god right because you have other people who have we've all been distributed a certain amount of faith a measure of faith everybody so some people you have their faith is not no longer hopeful into positive things they have faith that is doubtful that is inverted so they have inverted faith that is filled with doubt and unbelief. So now instead of them being motivated to have hope and be positive, like, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic about this job. I know that I, I'm going to get this job. You know, some like everybody looking at, at the cup different. Is your cup half full or is your cup half empty? If you're looking at the point of your cup being half empty, you're pessimistic. You're looking at what you don't have you shouldn't be focusing or the attenuating to the things that you don't have those are negative people they're looking at everything in life with what they don't have access to instead of what they do is my my glass is half full and i'm looking to feel the rest so it doesn't matter about the perspective of other people, we just need to be able to understand what God wants from us. And if we want to live a prosperous life, it isn't about what other people want. It's about if you want through your free will, your free will that God has given you, are you going to be pessimistic or are you going to be optimistic? are you looking at things from a positive level or a negative level if you're negative you're having inverted faith that is doubt and unbelief god wants us to have what faith hope that produces results solutions progress progression consistency accomplishments you know those are the type of perspectives that god wants us to have so everybody is not god's children because guess what they chosen they've chosen through free will to be pessimistic about life to be negative and have inverted faith so your faith is no longer hopeful your you have hope but it's in the negative it's inverted so you're like i hope she play games with me and she wants to i pray if he if he if if he knew better he'll do better i'm gonna show him you know like some people expecting all of these negative things to take place so those are pessimistic ideologies and we don't want to have that so stay away from negative people just simple as that so the next thing is music and i already talked about this i've talked about um the devil's tone and music the devil's tone and other hypnotic tones i have that on a different podcast that that was a very long podcast that i had too i talked about music and how music is a form of worship and so when you're worshiping something i mean what do you think it do to you like i for instance i don't want to hear about how no one values relationships no one values marriage at all in many uh of the modern music that is played today it's not too many people that are you know um embracing marriage and and supporting the idea what god wants right so for instance let me explain this so okay so one of my kids girlfriend said that she believes in God, but she doesn't believe in being submissive. And see, my kids are adults. I have a couple 20 something year old children. They don't feel like you should be calling them emerging adults because they're, they are in their twenties. Okay. But I'm going to say this. If you say that you believe in God, right? The Bible tells us in first Corinthians chapter 11 and verse three, that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. And so the way that we understand this, is that the man is the head of the woman. The man is the head of the woman period. And so let's, I want to go to this scripture. Uh, I wanna go to this description. This it is uh, I'm trying to find I think it I think it's this one here. Yeah, I think I got it right here. Let me go to the NIV version. I had the other uh verse, King James up. Okay. All right, it says um, This one isn't it. I I was trying to find another one. I think it was talking about... Mm, This isn't it. Hold on one second, please. Hold on. Okay. Who's this one? Okay, let me see. Why did it do that? Okay, I found it. Ha! This is my aha moment. Aha moments. I love my aha moments when I find something I was looking for. Okay, here we go. So we are in First Peter chapter three. Okay. First Peter chapter three, verses one through six. Okay. It says wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of their lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as Elaborative hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes Whether it should be that of your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit Which is of great work in God's sight See that this right here That is something that I knew I had to overcome. Um And what I mean by that is the quiet spirit part. Okay, um growing up with a parent well well i would say uh, my dad my dad was kind of there but he wasn't there on the scene with a lot of stuff my dad was a financial provider so he would pay child support and give my mama money and take care of us all right and so he only had two kids me and my sister and my mom she didn't have any more kids besides me and my sister either So we were like spoiled little kids, but um, my mom, I don't know what she would do with all of that money. She just would do whatever she wanted to do. Okay. I don't know. But what I'm saying here is that um, she never wanted to get married to my dad. My dad was always a financial provider to her. And so that's just the way that she looked at him. And so when she, you know, the way she raised me and my sister is to always have you need to have a man that got some money. And so really, in actuality, I kind of grew up and I rejected a lot of her ideologies. I didn't want to be like her. I wanted to be like my grandmother. I wanted to have seven kids. My grandmother had eight, but I wanted to have seven. I want to have seven kids. I want to stay married forever. A big old house white picking fence with the dogs and the cats, the fish and everything else okay and so that was the goal but the point of the matter is is that when you're raised in a home pretty much with someone who doesn't support the idea of marriage you have this type of uh imbalance and so with me having my grandmother around pretty much my entire life that's who i looked up to that was who my mom was to me um she really really embedded a lot of different uh virtuous values in me and so for me submission is a big part of the process of maintaining a relationship with god um and it started with eve because eve she didn't want to embrace the idea of her having to listen to her husband but when when she listens to her husband, if she would have, it would have provided a, um, a, a steady, a balance in the in the marriage because that's what God wants. This is why God is saying this. And then this scripture is so powerful. It's so many women that overlook this scripture and they just go straight to Proverbs 31. I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman but this scripture right here is so powerful i'm telling you so god wants us to, to have a gentle and quiet quiet spirit which is of the great work in god's sight this is in first peter chapter three verses one through six and so in verse five it says for this is the way the holy women of the past put their hope in god this is how they Put they hope in God used to adorn themselves. This is how they endure adorn themselves, so they submitted themselves to their husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. See, it's this scripture right here. This last verse is really, really shaping the entire scripture right here this entire chapter because it's saying be like sarah who obeyed abraham and called her lord call him her lord you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear so reflecting back on my son's girlfriend who said she said specifically well, I'm not going to have no man tell me what to do. Well, okay, that's that's fine too. But, you know, um, there's a reason why God has put these stipulations in place. You know, the Bible tells us clearly. So God is saying right here that this, this scripture is telling us through God's word, don't give away to fear. See, women, we as women are going to be afraid to depend on a man to listen to him but god is saying it right here you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give away to fear do not give in to the fear of listening to someone who you don't want to listen to do not give in to the fear of submitting to a man See, because for a long time, I just still don't understand why my mama never got married, ever. I was just like, why? She has so many men proposed to her. I seen it with my own eyes. And she would say no. She would say no, no, no. And I was like, mom, why are you so mean? <laughs> so like, you know, we had to think about what the word of God is saying, God is saying, submit yourselves to your husbands and do not give away to fear. And so, God, that's what God is saying that we should not give away to fear. And maybe God really is talking to me through this scripture, too. You know, I feel like God always kind of confirms his word back to us. And when he confirmed his word back to us, you know it just uh, gives us clarity for what he really wants to do okay so um now going back to the, the music part so if you're listening to music and this is how i wanted to reflect that scripture back first peter chapter three verses one through six if you're listening to music this music can can cause you to have a downward spirit right so if you're listening to people, to, uh, certain songs, for instance, if they don't believe in marriage, why are you even listening to them? What type of advice are they going to give you? They don't care nothing about marriage. You're trying to get married to your husband, your, uh, your future spouse. But you're sitting up here listening to people, not just music. It could be outsiders. It could be your friends or women who saying that, look. We, we don't submit to no man. Why are you listening to them? I don't want to listen to a woman that, you know, like, I'm not saying that God, it God works with everybody. But I'm telling you what my preference is. When God tells us something, we need to be paying attention to that. And, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. See, I when I'm, when I'm speaking about things, I have to think about when I messed up too. So I'm not talking to you from a place that lack remorse. I have remorse and I have empathy. Because I've been there where I messed up. Everybody didn't listen to music. Everybody didn't listen to something. Everybody done made a mistake. So that you know it would be a foolish ideology that to believe that we are all coming from a place of of ability without any flaws we all have flaws but in order for us to move forward and to push out the negative negativity we need to be eliminating the ideas these ideologies and these preexisting thoughts and belief systems that prevents you from being your best self, the best person who God created you to be. So if your friends are saying, look, I'm not about to be listening to no man. Why are you hanging around them? Why are you taking advice from them? I don't want to take advice from somebody who's been, been in five different marriages. You have no proven track record record of commitment. Yes. I love my grandma and my grandma had eight kids with one man, but if she would have had like seven different baby daddies, I would have been like grandma, grandma. No, I don't. I don't want to take relationship advice from that. I'm not saying that what you, what you done. You know, you have to give an account to that. I'm just saying, I don't want show relationship advice. And yes, we do mess up and yes, we do learn. So what did you learn? What did you learn about all of that? So we have to learn from things and be able to show that we've actually really, really learned. And so um, we should meditate. Meditate on God's word. You know, whatever it is that you don't understand in his word, you should be reading it paying attention to what God wants you to do. So for instance, on one of my um SMART goals for this year, I have my leisure time. So I have different topics. I have spiritual goals. I have uh, self-care goals, leisure time, self-reflexivity. I have parenting goals, financial goals, career goals, long-term career goals, relationship goals. So, and for my leisure time, I have, um, I want to finish writing my book and also doing these study guides, devotionals, these biblical reviews, the reading plans, biblical affirmations. And I also want to invest and learn. That's like a top priority. As much leisure time when I do have it available, invest and learn as much as I can. But I wanted to show you all, I put, I have a scripture with every single, every single uh plan that I, every single um, smart goal that I have, I have a scripture attached to it. So I want to show you all this one is, um, let me go to it. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Hebrews twelve verse eleven. It says, "It says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it." So I have this scripture under my section for uh, parents and goals. So, what this means is, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. It's like, oh, wait, wait, I got a bad habit. My bad habit is uh, lack of empathy sometimes. So i literally had to sit down and think about all the things that i need to improve on and and do better what are some things in my life that i need to change that's the first thing what are some things that so wait wait, that's what i meant to say so let me talk about um before before i go into this describing all of this i want to talk about ascribed identity and about identity okay so your inscribed identity is basically um okay so your inscribed identity is basically how you um how you view yourself right i believe that that's it let me see I'm trying to see. I don't want to give you misinformation, okay? Okay, all right. So your inscribed identity is the identity that you have, that other people have on you. That's what how other people perceive you. Your avowed identity is how you see yourself. So when I was setting up my SMART goals and having this self-reflection, I wanted to look at how, you know, what are some things that I need to change? And what are some things that I need to do in my life? And so that's what I looked at, what are some things that some people say about me? And so I, I analyze my self having a self reflexivity of myself by saying, Okay, this is an inscribed identity of what the culture identity, identities of what other people have placed upon me, they view me this way. Right. And so now I all I, I do hear people say, you know, Staris, would you just please listen to me? So now I know that I need to work on being having intentional listening. So avowed identity is my the way I see myself. So sometimes I think I'm so aggressive that I I think that in order for me to improve, I need to show more empathy. And so this is a part of my SMART goals. I want to have intentional listening, right? I also want to not interrupt others when they are speaking to me about things that I don't agree with because that's a part of what? Ascribed identity from other people. They say, can you listen to me? You don't care about what I'm saying. You know, so I need to I need to have that. I need to identify others and and their triggers with certain things that's bothering them in their life. I need to pay attention to those indicators, right? I need to value everyone's level of important things. When they mention it, it means it's important to them. So I need to make it important to me. I also need to be intentional. Thank you for the love. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, I need to be intentional with reflective listening. I need to recognize the needs of others and identify solutions. But how did I get to this space? I got to this space by basically having self-reflexivity. And we all need to have this. And the, the way that we do that is you need to pay attention. What are people saying about you? What are they saying? You're close family and friends what are they saying about you this is how i came up with my smart goals for this upcoming year for me what are they saying about you that's your inscribed identity because there has to be some truth to some of the things that people saying i'm not saying this all true what i'm saying is you as a person need to dive deeper internally and analyze these ascribed identities and about identities because now we're going to say okay well you know what do i cut people off when they be talking especially when i don't want to hear them yes i do do that now if if somebody tell me oh so you don't know how to love you just don't know how to love nobody do i believe that absolutely not i don't believe that because i know that i know how to love so i'm not going to believe that part but what part of what they saying is true i need to analyze the part that's true about what they're saying so it's not about me it's about all of us it's just about you and me and everybody else because guess what the bible tells us that we are all a part of the body of christ And so I wanted to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it says in verse 22, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are um, presentable are treated with special modesty, while other presentable parts need no special treatments. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So that's what God wants us to do. He want us to understand that if one of us messed up, we all messing up. And so that's why God really has been, he has really been reshaping my heart in a way where when I'm communicating with people, I'm coming from a place of empathy where it's like, I put myself in that. I have been, I've been there. So now what I noticed, like the other day I was talking to one of my friends and I'm like, See, I'm about to get off this phone. But instead of me getting off the phone, I thought about when I was in that place. I thought about that. Like, okay, so, you know, I've given him advice and he's still not want to listen. But man, I, I we didn't pray about this, but he's still focusing on this. So, like, let me just listen to him. And so that's what God was saying. Just listen. Just listen to him. Just listen. You know, and it was like, okay, well, I guess I could just listen, you know. But at first i'm like look we talked about this we just prayed about it what else do you want to talk about and god just was telling me just listen because love is really indispensable right when we show love to people it is that's what's indispensable it's like, look, I didn't mess up before, and I needed somebody to listen to me when I messed up, and I didn't focus on negative things, and I ain't not know how to get my man off of it either, you know. So I didn't been there. Let me just listen to what you have to say. It's okay, you know. I, I I get it. I get it. So music can influence your perception, just like the people that you talk to that have these negative perceptions can also influence you remember your conscience is your second your your co-perception it influences your reactions and your behavior your actual faith is inspired by your perception your perception your understanding and your discernment but your conscience is different so you don't want to let your co-perception, of which is your conscience, you don't want to be influenced by all of these other external factors, because if you are, that means that it's something internally that you need to work on. It's not nobody else, right? Nobody else can get you from point A to C, internally. And I mean this for real. Like I'm, I mean this in literal terms, not figuratively. And so what that means is like look you can go to, you might have cancer and you go to the doctor and then they they help treat you but internally you still not right. Your emotions are still not right. Your psychological mindset is still not right. You're in psychological mental pain. So just because you get help with one thing doesn't necessarily equate to you being whole and complete. God supplies the need. God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. So we need to be meditating on his word and then we need to live consciously. Be aware of the things that we have. Overcome these forces that are trying to bring you down. But if you're not identifying the internal inconsistencies, then that means that you're not situated. You're not ready for the success that God is ready to push you at. Because the success level that God is going to position you, you are already going to be ready. You prepare, you're ready for all of those things and forces that will try to bring you down. Because you had a word of God embedded in your heart and so what's what's that what does that mean that means that you know we we just have to continue to inspire and encourage each other we have to have gratitude in the moment gratitude for each other gratitude and say okay you messed up i messed up too i've been there it may not have been positioned exactly as you but guess what i've been there i never been a prostitute a day in my life ever but guess what i bet you i know how to encourage a, a woman oh I bet y'all know how to encourage a woman to have high self-esteem and to respect herself so you don't have to be a thief in order to understand and relate to a thief you don't have to be a prostitute in order to understand and relate to how they feeling emotionally scarred you don't have to be a murderer to understand pain Right because everyone is coming from some place in their life, so we need to position ourselves in a, in a way where we can help each other and have gratitude for each other in the moment not just the moment but throughout our lifetime because if one suffers, we all suffer. yeah, I might not have liked the way you said it, but guess what you why are you rejecting the truth? all truth comes from God. I'm going to say that again. All truth comes from God. All truth. So it isn't about you saying, oh, well, I didn't like the way she said this. I didn't like the way he said that. Who cares? Was it the truth or wasn't it? So you you we we shouldn't be allowing ourselves to get offended by things okay the truth is the truth and the truth shall set us free we also need to um he have number six on here at practicing gratitude we should be practicing gratitude helping other people you know complimenting each other making random acts you know letting others in front of you when they driving we need to stay prayed up and always pray about things we need to read positive books and interviews you know like ted talks i love ted talks i do i want to go on a ted talk one day all right but you know it's just really all about what is driving your innovation what are driving the new things in your life don't you want to be inspired don't you want to be encouraged don't you want to be uplifted? So in order to do that, you have to remember to be in settings that creates positivity. The Bible tells us, "Do not walk in the way of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the wicked." We can see this is in Proverbs 4 in verse 14 do not set foot on the path of the wood wicked or walk in the way of evil doers do not walk in that way do not so we have to pay attention to what's driving our focus what is your navigation system you know, is God being, Is God's your navigation system. Is his word, your navigation system. If you mess up, it's okay. It's okay. Accept it, accept that you messed up, but how do you move on? See that for a while, I used to have a problem with that too. Like I, I would mess up and be like, ah, God, I messed up again. It's kind of like when you fornicating it's like okay so i had sex i wasn't supposed to i'm dedicating myself and now i messed up oh god i messed up now i have to repent again i have to repent again for this why you know so it's like we have to remind ourselves that flesh is weak and the only way for you to overcome your desires is, is, is to give your desires over to God. That's what this one scripture says. I want to go to this one scripture. It says, um, um, it's Proverbs 16 and 3. Proverbs 16 and 3. Let's go to Proverbs 16 and 3 right now. Proverbs 16 and 3. It says commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. See, I have this scripture under my smart under uh one of my uh which one I have this, let me see. I had it, I thought I just seen it. Um, Proverbs 16. Oh, I have it under my career goal. This is one of my short-term career goals. And so commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plan. So this scripture I have attached to it. So like every plan that I have that I write down, I attach a scripture to it. Because this is so important. Because when I attach God's word to it, I always accomplish my goals. So now I know that these goals that I have now are going to be accomplished within the next five years. God has automatically done it. He's already did it. It just haven't happened yet, but it's already done. So that's the way my faith work. And so we have to, you have to pay attention that if you commit to the Lord and whatever you do, he will always establish your plans. So when you mess up, understand that that was your flesh your flesh is trying to over overpower you through fulfilling this desires your desires are always going to want to be fed your desires want to be fulfilled at all times i'm hungry i want to eat i'm thirsty i need something to drink oh sex i want to i want to have sex i want to gamble i want to the flesh It's always going to want to fulfill its desires. So I can tell you this now that your relationship with God is determined by the authorization that you give Him in your life. It's you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross. You believe. See, let's talk about this for a second. I want to um talk about this for a minute. You believe in your heart. If you believe in your heart, right? That God raised, raised Jesus from the dead. Hold on, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 10. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. So in Romans chapter 10, It says, uh, oh, let's look at verse eight. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what we see here is that god is saying that if you confess if you confess you so if you if you don't confess what does that mean see we have to look at the word of god exactly what it says it says if you confess with your mouth so that means that you are authorizing god you are giving god authority you are saying god i want you in my life God, I need you in my heart. God, I want you to change me. God, I need your help. You are saying these things. Nobody else is saying it. God is saying this. You God is saying this is what you must do. This is a provision. See, a provision is a requirement. Okay? You do this and then you get this. See, in order to get salvation, you have to do what? You must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. So first is the confession of the Lord Jesus. And then you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. That's a provision. You confess and you believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. But if you don't, then you're not gonna be saved. So the, the authority, it's coming in your free will you are authorizing god in your life you are authorizing god to save you you are calling upon the name of the lord when you're stressed you are calling upon god when you are feeling weak you are calling upon god when you're when your desires are feeling like they want to control you so that's simple as that okay so the, the next thing here is give hugs so let me say okay so one thing that i got on my list for relationship goals is for my future husband i wrote this and i'm only sharing some of my goals i have a whole bunch of pages here that i will that is my personal goals with god that is a lot of stuff that i haven't shared i'm only sharing little snippets of my goals all right So in one of my relationship goals that I have with, um, my future husband, I have, I want him to be, um, affectionate, but not too much. Okay. And so this is cool because having, being affectionate, but not too much is, um, something that I'm, I i guess I feel kind of like different about, you know, there are some people that are very affectionate and there are some people that are not. Like I want to have affection, but not too much where it's like interfering with my daily lifestyle. We have goals that we need to accomplish. We need to be able to stick to those goals. I don't want to have to, um, you know, just like Have too much going on where I can't finish what I'm starting. I need to be able to finish what I'm starting. And so that's very important for me. Whatever I start, I finish. Okay. I never give up. Ever. I never, ever give up. Period. So what this is saying is like, in order to get rid of a lot of negativity, you can give out hugs. Now, one thing I, I do love is I love being able to converse with other people though, like when I'm having an interesting, intellectual, like I can't help but to laugh, you know? And so I, I love that. I love being able to laugh and smile and joke around with a person. So that, that's something that's important to me. Um, but it may not be that it's hugs for you right it could be like maybe you want a a a gift maybe you like flowers or maybe you like plants you know um just being able to get some of those things from the people that you love that that can help inspire you too and if you want to give it to other people maybe you can buy a plant or buy some flowers for somebody you know just share in the love that's all it is the other thing is in order to get rid of some negativity is you need to disconnect from social media. So lately, since I have been doing this podcast, this is the coming up on my one year that I've been doing this podcast on the 20th of November. And it's so interesting because I can tell you this, this is the most I've been on all of these social media platforms. My son literally just called me today. He said, mom, look, I was asking him about Facebook and how I was supposed to put the uh streaming URL up into the stream labs, which is like uh, a way to have uh multi-streaming platforms into one particular place. And you could send like uh streams all out at once. All your streams go out at one time. TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, so you have all of that but it's like before i don't want to be on social media like this this is a lot this is a lot like i have really learned how to adapt to some things that i wasn't adaptable to because of my dedication to god so god wants us to be active in our influence we should be active in you know spreading his word through social media platforms you know you you should be able to use your linkedin your facebook your twitter your your uh tiktok your instagram all of those things should be used to glorify god you know and some people are like well, well why do you got to talk about god all all the time well if you don't know not talking about god and you're not having god in your life then that means you must like depression, or you might like anxiety. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. I come from a space in this world where it's rough, and I don't want to deal with that stuff no more. I just want to have peace. Sometimes I find myself laying in the bed where I just look at the ceiling and, I, and then I close my eyes and I say, thank you, God, for peace. Thank you, God, for peace. So here you can disconnect from social platforms for a minute. Maybe you need the, the, you know, like teether away for maybe a day or so. Get off of it a little bit, do something else, do some journaling, some bicycling or some writing, do another hobby. Think of something else, you know, maybe, uh, connect with animals and, and, and do some things outdoors. You know there are a lot of different things to do so those are some ways to pushing the negativity out um i do have a short video that i wanted to play it's about seven minutes long it is stay away from negative people how they have a problem for every solution okay so i want to play this video
1: there's a saying stay away from negative people They have a problem for every solution. This is not true for all situations. Just like everything in life, you will need to apply some common sense. But what the quote points to is that you should always limit your time with people that continually drain your energy and add no value to your life. Negative people are usually very committed to being negative. And the more you push them to be anything else, the more they will push back. This doesn't mean you show no compassion towards others. Live with compassion. Live with empathy. Put yourself in others' shoes. Sure, do all that as a standard practice of being a decent human being, but keep your life free from the drama and negativity that is not who you are.
2: If your attempts to lift someone out of negativity are unsuccessful, you have to move on. They will get to a better place when they're ready to get to a better place. And no one will get there if they're not ready, whether they are pushed or not. There are no
1: accidents. Everyone comes into your life for a reason, a lesson, or a blessing. Will Smith once said, don't chase people. Be yourself. Do your own thing and work hard. The right people, the ones who really belong in your life, will come to you and stay. I can't give any better advice than that.
2: The people in your life should be reducing your stress, not causing more of it. If you consider yourself to be a positive person and want to live your best life, surround yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people that make you feel good about being yourself. Surround yourself with people that see the good in the world. By doing so, you will see more good too you will attract more good.
1: Don't let them drain your energy. Energy doesn't discriminate. Just like weightlifting. If you focus on getting one body part stronger and you put all your energy, focus, and effort on that muscle group, working on it every day, that muscle will get stronger. If you put all your energy into negative people, your life will be negative. If your attention is on what is wrong with your life, If your attention and energy is on the negative people and the negativity they bring, that will invade your life. Do not let them suck your energy. Keep your focus on what is good, and you will see more good. More good will grow just like a muscle.
2: The same is true on the opposite side. They say if you lie down with dogs, you'll get up with fleas. If you lie down with negativity, you'll be consumed with negativity. You are what you eat, and you are who you spend your time with by choice. What you consume will consume you. Your friends and peer group are a great reflection of you because you chose them. Choose wisely. Say
1: thank you to all the toxic people in your life. Why oh, I say thank you, If they didn't appreciate you, they taught you how you must not be treated. And they taught you how not to treat others. If they let you go, they showed you how to move on. They showed you that you are more than a relationship. You, at the deepest level, are not you plus someone else. You are you. Your soul is not owned or attached to another. If they made you feel unworthy, If they took the life out of you for a moment they showed you that no one can ever take all the life from you long term they gave you strength and character they expanded your heart if they were racist they gave you more compassion towards all races and showed you a clear example of how not to treat people who simply look different than you if they were unkind Through their example of what comes to unkind people and the lack of love they had in their life, they showed you what not to do and gave you two great gifts. Kindness and compassion. Whatever they did to you, don't let it stop you from being you, from loving and living life fully. Don't let one person or two or three stop you from becoming your greatest self. You're more than one of them. You're more than one person. Use whatever happened to your advantage. Don't let them win by holding on. Let their toxic energy stay with them and release it from your life. Say thank you. Thank you for the lessons. Thank you for the blessings. And thank you for
0: the strength to move on. Okay, so that sounds real good. Thank you for the lessons. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 13 and 20, if we walk with the wise, we will become wise for a companion of fools, we will suffer harm. So it's important to understand that if you want to become wise, then you'll have wise who, wise friends. So we wanna make sure that we being the best self that we can be who God has called us to be. So I just wanna thank you all so much for joining me tonight i know i was a bit late but i did stay an hour over the time so i apologize about that again um just remember keep that negativity out by keeping god as your head and um just restructuring your environment so let me go ahead and uh pray father god we thank you so much for allowing us to understand your word we ask that you allow us to restructure our environment in a way where we're pre we're repositioning ourselves out of those environments of negativity well we're and putting ourselves in environments where it's positive things, that people are overcomers, they have faith in you, they pray without ceasing, they believe in you, their cup is half full, so they're optimistic, they're proactive about life, they're excited about the lessons that you allow us to overcome. God, we're always looking to grow and understand what is it that you're trying to teach us? What is it that you want us to learn in this situation? So God, we just thank you right now that you continue to keep our hearts softened and melted for you, allowing us to be able to produce results that is going to allow us to have victory in life and also advance in your kingdom. So God, we thank you right now for allowing us to receive your word. We ask that you continue to allow us to perceive and hear things, to understand them from your eyes and ears. So we're not depending on our own understanding, but we're reflecting on things in life from your perspective. We're reflecting on ourselves god through your perspective let us acknowledge the things that we need to change and change the things that we do through the power of your holy spirit because see our flesh is weak but the spirit of god your spirit in us god is greater than any spirit that is in this world and so we just thank you right now god we ask that you allow us to have empathy for each other and support each other and have gratitude and and god let us live abundance. Most importantly, Lord, please allow your will to be done in our life. Not our will or anyone else's will, but your will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I will see you all tomorrow. Um, remember, I have a new telegram. The telegram is, let's talk, laws, life, health. All right. You can also reach the telegram at 901 445 Zero seven three zero. also if you have any prayer requests please send your prayer request to laws life help at sudden changes corporation org and if anybody know anybody that is a campaign manager or would like to do any marketing for me I just really need somebody to help me do the videos and this stuff so send me an email